You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. On the program, we've covered surveillance. We covered the WikiLeaks story from a few years ago when Edward Snowden spilled the beans on this massive surveillance thing that was going on, the NSA and uh, CIA and uh, other American intelligence bodies were basically spying on the world and it had lots of lots of implications about the potential misuse and how a smartphone in everyone's pocket it has purposes as a smartphone and as a mobile email, internet, all that sort of great stuff that it does. But it also allows you to be monitored and and it has security implications and privacy implications as well. Then back in 2014, it was just after the Sochi Games that the Russians started some pretty provocative stuff in Ukraine. And and there's arguments on both sides about who was really responsible for that and whether Russia was to blame or whether it was the Ukraine side. But uh, there was certainly tension there and there still is there to this day. In response to that, America introduced some pretty stiff penalties and sanctions on Russian companies, on Russia doing business in Europe. That was while Obama was uh, yeah, this is, that's, yeah, this is right when the previous president was in there. But it was it was in response to what was seen as bad actions and, uh, you know, the annexing of the Crimea, that sort of stuff mm-hmm. was seen as pretty aggressive. So the sanctions were in response to that. In that same year, Russia dispatched, and this is according to the U.S. Special Counsel Robert Mueller, who is investigating possible collusion between the the Trump administration and Russia in getting this unlikely candidate, Donald Trump, into the White House. There is an ongoing investigation with uh, the U.S. Special Counsel into that. He has just come out and charged 13 Russians and three organizations, including the Internet Research Agency, which is actually based in St. Petersburg in Russia, with alleged interference in the 2016 presidential election. Mm. These 13 Russians are not on American soil at the moment. No, yeah, there is a question about what's going to happen. So even if these things stick and there's proof and it goes through the courts and we say, yes, these people are guilty, there's no extradition treaty between Russia yeah. and America. And how do you get these people to actually front up? They're unlikely to just volunteer. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll come back and you can put me in jail. Their travels may be restricted, though, because if they land in a country that does have a treaty with America, mm. they could then be shipped into America. That's right. Yeah, so they'll, be on, the they'll be on a watch list and, yeah. and they'll find themselves on Interpol's wanted list or something equivalent to that. But it was just interesting. I thought the timing of this was interesting because in response to those those sanctions, which are still a sore point in relations between Russia and America and Europe as well, because there's other countries, not just the US, that's imposing those sanctions. Mm-hmm. It's a coordinated effort. It has damaged the Russian economy and has caused ongoing implications for the Russian economy. So they're not very happy about it. And the same year that they were in Ukraine, in Crimea, and they had these, these sanctions in response to that, they also send a team over to work on... On influencing the outcome of the U.S. election, so, so they went to America. To they influence. went to America. Yeah. They sent Russians over to America. They stole Americans' identities mm-hmm. so that they could act. They could do certain things. They could do posts on the internet. They used VPNs. They were very smart, technologically advanced, well-funded, and spent in the. I think this whole effort. You know, we're talking millions of dollars mm-hmm. spent to influence, to sow discord, and to possibly influence the outcome of the U.S. election. They used social media heavily, Facebook. 
and Instagram, but Facebook in particular. And they took advantage of the very tools that advertisers have, mm. the benefit offered and why it's a successful business is because it's a powerful medium. It, it glues people to their feeds. It's yep. so alluring that it's it's powerful for advertising. And that's really the business model of, of Facebook. They were able to use those tools to target certain areas of the US which were known to be so-called purple states, such as Colorado, Virginia, and Florida, where the electoral gap between Republicans and Democrats was slim. Mm -hmm. And you can see some of these ads. There's a picture of the devil, you know, with horns and, and, you know, a horrible face, teeth and claws, and Jesus, and they're arm wrestling. And one side is clearly supposed to be Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Mm -hmm. and the other side is supposed to be, it's kind of unnamed, but it it was the opposition. If yep. it's if it's so, a lot of them were just hammering Clinton and the Democrats. What's the alternative? It's Trump. Because I've heard some analysis being that the Russians expected that the Clinton administration would have been much harder on Russia in terms of, in terms of That's sanctions. Right. That's right. But the other part of it is that Russia's aim is to try and disrupt America and divide America yep. because America that is divided is more worried about internal politics and yes. what's going on there rather than focusing on what's happening with Russia. And yep. it kind of allows Russia a little bit more freedom to act up and, and do what they want to do. Whereas if Clinton had one and then there was sanctions on them then they wouldn't have necessarily the freedom that they want and they expect that's right and so not necessarily deserved but uh, it's one way of, for them i think putin's directive potentially from the analysis that i've read is that he sees that uh, an america in trouble is a good thing for russia well it makes them more inward looking so having a president who is potentially isolationist who's got very little international experience as a politician mm-hmm. in fact none mm-hmm. who some would say is certainly idiosyncratic in his behavior. He's flattered a lot of conventions that most presidents and White House administrations in the past, probably all, have taken as protocols and norms of behavior. Mm-hmm. He jumps on his own Twitter account and, and fires off all sorts of stuff. He uses expletives in meetings. Mm-hmm. He's whole countries. He's, example, he's anti-immigration. Yeah. He, he's put America first. All these things are disruptive. They're isolationist. One of Trump's stated aims, I think even before he was elected, was to make America's allies pay for their defense more. Now, Mm. America's heavily involved in NATO. NATO is facing off along the the border of Eastern Europe with Russia. Mm -hmm. So divide that country, divide it from its allies, divide it within itself. There are benefits that could flow from that to Russia. Make Mexico pay for the wall, for example, was a big cry that still continues to this day. He's even threatening NAFTA, which is the North American Free Trade Agreement, which has been there for years, partly because of Mexico's role, but it also affects Canada. I think he said that uh, Germany owed money to NATO or something like that, which is untrue or Mm. has hasn't been proven at this stage. Mm. He has created division, not just amongst his uh, own population, his own people. Uh, he's created that division amongst the world. And I think looking from Australia, there are some people that say oh, he's doing a, a great job. But I would say that the majority of people are looking at a lot of cringe in horror. and yeah. in horror. Yeah. Yeah. Just quoting from the New York Times... They spoke to Jonathan Albright, research director at Columbia University, that's in New York, the Tao Center for Digital Journalism. He said that the indictment laid bare how effectively Facebook could be turned against the country. So that's the indictment of that bunch of Russian people who have been uh, charged with interfering with the election, a kind of conspiracy to uh, interfere with a US election. Quoting Jonathan Albright, Facebook built incredibly effective tools which let Russia profile citizens here in the US and figure out how to manipulate us. Facebook essentially gave them everything they needed. And he went on to say that many of the tools that the Russians used, including those that allow ads to be targeted and that 
show how widespread an ad becomes still pervade Facebook. So the, the worry is this year there's midterm elections mm-hmm. in the US. This is where the same sort of vulnerabilities could be exploited again. Yeah. So this is one but of the things. There's also a bigger question around not only um, you know elections, but if you're looking for a, a business case, for example, I'm sure this is actually going on where a business is creating these profiles to try and influence people to make them believe in a certain thing which may be uh, false and may be incorrect but as long as they get people on board to believe what they want them to believe they can sell more things or they can join up to a cause which might be illegitimate or it might be a problem but does benefit that particular business yep one of the things that's been suggested is that when television first was introduced in america it actually became and that was you know the, the sort of first really powerful mass media you know multi mm. uh, radio was huge yeah radio was huge yeah. before that but the power of television combining vision with yeah. audio you yeah. know and then adding color to that was you know really a way of, of reaching out and, and uniting people as mm. it turned out whereas facebook now actually because of its ability to target on a, such a granular level, mm-hmm. it's kind of the next wave of mass media or part of the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the latest wave of, of 21st century mass media throughout the world and in America. And yet the, the suggestion is that it, this is really something that divides people rather than unites yeah. them. And that's one of the big criticisms of Facebook. Might be a reason why people are starting to get a little bit over that platform. Facebook, when they was confronted about how their advertising platforms have been used by Russian actors to influence the outcome of the last US election. They originally denied it, but then by last September, Facebook had disclosed that the Internet Research Agency, that that uh, shadowy organization based in St. Petersburg in Russia, had bought divisive ads on hot-button issues through their company. And they had actually uh, released some of those advertising... Um, you can see them, yeah. yeah. You can see them for yourself. We'll post some on, on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au. Apparently 150 Americans had seen the Russian propaganda ads on the social network and on Instagram. The other thing they did was they even organised rallies. So mm. Russian people posed as Americans to organise rallies in New York, in uh, various parts of the United States. They were clever about how they did this. So some of the ads might have been directed at African Americans. In their case... It was more along the lines of you've got so little chance of having a say that you might as well not vote. Mm. So they knew that they were potentially going to be anti-Trump. The African-American vote was was potentially anti-Trump. So the way that they dealt with them was just discourage them from even voting. Mm. It was a multi-pronged attack using all sorts of different angles, focusing on, on divisive issues, whether it was immigration, whether it was racial tensions that were simmering anyway, whether it was... ISIS, I think, was... Yeah, a, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was on, on terrorism, yep. suggesting that Democrats were soft on terrorism. Healthcare, and, and, which and, was a big one as well. And, yeah. and, and portraying uh, Hillary Clinton as the devil. They even paid to, to set up a full-size cage with a paid actor in it and this was to to physically represent hillary clinton in jail because remember one of the things that trump kept saying was lock her up put her in jail if i become president i'll put her in prison now he went back on that like a lot of things he backflipped these indictments do not say that trump and his administration directly worked with colluded with the russians but they were certainly beneficiaries of this because the russians were clearly trying to denigrate clinton denigrate the democrats denigrate the record of obama 
Farmer, mm-hmm. given that it's a sort of a, it's a two-horse race, that was clearly playing to the benefit of Trump and his administration. Yeah. So whether Trump knew is a, a separate issue that has not been dealt with these indictments. These indictments really are a, a possibly an opening salvo in proving that collusion did exist. And I would have thought if it was proved that Trump knowingly benefited and, and colluded with the Russians on this effort to make him president, that would be an impeachable offence. That would result in him being kicked out, which doesn't happen very often. Well, Republican Party majority at the moment, uh, probably not, but probably looking later in the year at the midterms, there is uh, potentially a change to a Democratic majority. That's a big if. That could uh, lead to the impeachment process at that stage. They used this internet research agency created back in 2014 in St. Petersburg, employed about 80 people. It was given the job of interfering with elections and political processes. The group began using American social media to achieve those aims in 2014. They stole the identities of real Americans to create fake personas and fake accounts on social media. They then used those stolen identities to populate and promote Facebook pages like United Muslims of America, Blacktivist and Secured Borders. And interestingly enough, these are all themes that have been heavily embraced by the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. They even use stolen PayPal accounts to pay for the ads on Facebook and to promote posts, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on the outreach. At every step, the Russians used Facebook's own tools to make sure their propaganda was as effective as possible. So the conclusion of this New York Times article is that the public needs to be more vigilant about what is real and what is not online. The vulnerabilities which made this possible for this interference in American politics need to be addressed in time for the midterm elections. Mm-hmm. And I guess governments around the world, democracies around the world, need to be pretty wary of this kind yes. of interference. There is still some resistance from Facebook to accept full responsibility. I believe that they are still refusing to release company information on the Russian campaign involved in the last US election. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestions for future shows.